computer. I would like a real chocolate sundae. <laughs> I say that a lot. Yeah, exactly. Computer. <laughs> you're just saying that a lot. Hopefully, one day, just, you're just it'll just going to happen. I am waiting. Exactly. For the day where Com- I can say, "Computer, computer, give me a big bowl of mashed potatoes right now." And just comes <laughs> right down. <laughs> Thank you, computer. They- you're, you're welcome, Monica. <laughs> what else what would you like, like Monica? Monica? Let's get trivial, trivial. I want to get trivial. Let's get into trivia. Let me hear your knowledge talk. Your knowledge talk. Let me hear your knowledge talk. Let's get trivial, trivial. I want to get trivial. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Quiz Fix Podcast. My name is Paul. My name is Monica. And this is episode 13 the baker's dozen. We made it. What do you know about baker's dozens? That it is 13. <laughs> do you know why? Do you know why? Because there's an extra thrown in to be nice. <laughs> it's not to be nice. It, it was to not break the law. This is, goes back to England. You would get punished if you sold a dozen of anything baked goods wise and there wasn't 12 there. So the bakers would throw in an extra one just in case something happened. Oh, is yes. that why sometimes you get an extra chicken McNugget? That is exactly why you're why are you eating chicken McNuggets? Like you order a six piece and you get seven and a switchblade. <laughs> <laughs> is that part of the Happy Meal now? You get a yeah. switchblade with. Uh-huh. What's your favorite nugget sauce? I'm actually a weird person, and I don't use sauce. You don't use? Do you not use sauces just in general? Pretty much. Really? I'm not a sauce kind of person. Not a dipper. No. Okay. Sometimes, like I'll, I like um, like buffalo sauce. Okay. But it's just like the tiniest little dip. Just an eyedropper full <laughs> yep. of buffalo sauce. Okay. Yeah, people think I'm really weird for that. They're like. The point is the sauce. The nugget <laughs> is just a device to get it to your mouth. <laughs> I dated a girl who ate pancakes, and when she did the syrup, she put the syrup in a little thing, and she dipped each pancake piece in the syrup individually and ate it that way instead of just pouring it on the on the. I pancake. don't even use syrup. Wow, not even <laughs> syrup. On the pancakes. So you're just like this dry, bready food in your mouth. Yes. <laughs> okay. So. Hey, it's whatever whatever gets you going. Whatever I happens. I dated a girl <laughs> who dipped her pancakes in syrup. Is that a Smith song? That was nice. <laughs> we got a good show for you today. Let's start with the audio round answers. We did an audio round last week on getting high, various ways of getting high. And now you are going to hear a disembodied voice that's going to tell you not only who won that challenge, but the answers. Disembodied voice, take it away. Congratulations to Dan Sparks. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Here are the answers. Rocky Mountain High by John Denver. Because I got high. 
by Afro Man. Habits by Tovlo. A Day in the Life by The Beatles. Smoke Two Joints by Sublime. You Don't Know How It Feels by Tom Petty. I Can Get Off On You by Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings. Congratulations. Well played. Very well done. Uh, well, let's not waste any more time. Let's get cracking into it. Now it is time for the lightning round. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom. I've got five questions for Monica. She's got five questions for me. We do not know what five questions we have for each other, but we're going to try to do our best to answer them. What is my topic this week? So I've been watching a lot of King of the Hill. Okay. And your topic is the works of Mike Judge. Oh, okay. Cool. Your topic this week, because uh, you wanted it, is <laughs> junk food. Trash garbage food. Trash garbage food time. So I'm going to go first. Here we go. Number one, what did Starbucks unleash on patrons last week, calling it a, quote, flavor-changing, color-changing, <laughs> totally not made-up drink? <laughs> I was just asking you what it was it called, was, and you wouldn't tell me. There was a reason. Now I know why. <laughs> What's it called? <sighs> Katy Perry's spitting it out on Twitter. <laughs> and Spitter. Spitter. Uh, I think it's called Unicorn Frappuccino. You are right. Yay! It looks disgusting it looks horrendous i was actually at the bus stop yesterday and i saw three teenage girls that all had it it looks like something for somebody's instagram feed to be like i'm trying this thing and then being like uh, no all right your first question beavis and butthead spawned a spin-off in 1997 also an animated show on MTV called what? One of my favorite shows, Daria. Mm-hmm. Oh, loved Daria. Na, 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 na. Her friend Jane. I thought Jane was very cute. Her brother was cute, too. Oh, the one in Mystic Spiral. <laughs> yeah, that Daria had a crush on. That Daria had a crush on. Mm-hmm. Do love that show. Uh, question number two. Number two, Niles, Ohio celebrates Harry Stevens Day, which is a tribute to the inventor of what American junk food staple? Potato chips? It's not potato chips. It's the hot dog. Apparently, he claims that he invented the hot dog. Mm, I've never heard of Niles, Ohio. Really? Have you? No, but I'm not from Ohio. (laughs) Well, I know Ohio's a a big state. It's it's big, but it, there's like a ton of little small towns that it, you've never heard of. Okay. 
It's in Trumbull County. Does that make any sense nope. to you? Okay. That wow. sounds like you just made up a bunch of stuff. That's what I usually do for your <laughs> lightning rounds. That's why you're not doing so well. That's why I never win. Yeah. Yep. Ready for number two? I am. What other Mike Judge animated series from 2009 follows the life of an environmentally responsible, albeit obsessive, family until the show was canceled after only 13 episodes? Hmm. Nope, it's not coming to mind. It's called The Good Family. Oh, did you ever watch it? Nope. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and now we know why only 13 episodes of the good family i check it out though because most of the stuff is pretty funny so but uh, i've never even heard of that it must have come went very fast yep question number three speaking of potato chips of lays ruffles or pringles which is the only one that does not say potato chips on the front of its packaging pringles that is correct. They're not allowed to. It's something about the, uh, what's that word? Tariff thing? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. They had to be called potato crisps. And then crisps mean something very specific in England, so England wouldn't allow them to call themselves potato crisps. So now on the front of their packaging, it just says super snacks. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I, I, and I was like, do the other potato chips have potato chips on their packaging? Ruffles and Lay's has it very small on their packaging. It's it's there, but it's very small. Whereas something like Tim's Cascade has it very big. Like these are potato chips. These are made out of mostly potatoes. I think Pringles was like forty percent potato. Oh, yeah, really? Not enough potato to be called a potato chip. Apparently. What's the rest of it? Uh, I think there's like um, old ground up newspapers, uh, Worcestershire sauce, um, animal hooves. Yeah, hooves, <laughs> lots of hooves. Get that good hoof flavor. Mmm. I eat it for the hooves. That's how they keep all the stuff together in that shape. Oh, yeah. That adhesive hoof material. Yeah. Ugh. Pringles. Question three. What actor has had roles in three of Mike Judge's creations? Playing Milton on Office Space, voicing Bill and Mr. Strickland on King of the Hill, and playing a judge in the movie Idiocracy. Oh, oh, that's Stephen Root. Yes. Yes. He's one of my favorite actors. I loved him on uh, News Radio. Mm-hmm. Was one of my favorite Stephen Root. He's briefly in No Country for Old Men. Yeah, he's a really, really he's amazing actor. Oh, brother, art though. Yeah, he plays the the record uh, record producer DJ guy. Yeah, the yeah. blind guy. Mm-hmm. He's in um, the new movie Get Out. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. It is so good. Yeah. It is terrifying. I bet. It gave me nightmares. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. And usually movies don't give me nightmares. Uh, Question number four for you, and this is two points possible here. Uh, What two crunchy ingredients go into the original Chex Mix recipe besides Chex? 
horse hooves. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Besides checks, there's. Pretzels. That's one. Peanuts. That's the second one. Yay! Well done. <laughs> I like for a moment it looked like you were gonna like pretend to pick up a, a thing and look in your hand like a little memory exercise of okay, I'm at a party. I'm, I'm grabbing in there. What do I see? Okay, separate all the checks out of there and what's left. <laughs> Don't make fun of my process. I'm not making fun of your process. I didn't at all. even know I was doing that. Yeah, it was just it's like it's like the shoulder roll again. It's like these little uh, and we all have them. We have these little physical ticks to remember things. Whatever gets you there, gets I am you there. Not in control of myself. <laughs> who who is your puppet master? <laughs> Junk food, I guess. <laughs> all right, number four. What business magnate said critically about the HBO hit Silicon Valley? I really feel like Mike Judge has never been to Burning Man, which is Silicon Valley. If you haven't been, you just don't get it. I'm narrowing it down. You said business magnate? Mm-hmm. Mm. Got it down to two, and I'm going to take a blind stab and say Mark Zuckerberg. No. What's your other one? Was it Elon Musk? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, well. Yeah. He's a weirdo. Yeah, I should have known that Zuckerberg probably wasn't a Burning Man guy. Mm-mm. But Elon Musk probably went there in some sort of weird car that he designed and... You know, I could see him parting it up at Burning Man. Do you have any interest in Burning Man? No. See, I would like to go to Burning Man if there weren't any people there. (laughs) Just a big burning statue and Monica sitting underneath it going, hey, everybody, or nobody. (laughs) I'll be like, this is kind of nice. I'm listening to my own music. I've got a bag of Pringles. (laughs) No. Oh, no. That's true. I've got a slice of carrot cake. Ready to Mm. go. Question number five. Last one for you, and it's another two-pointer. A 1948 newspaper article is most likely the original uh, source for the term junk food. And they classified junk food as anything primarily made from what two white ingredients? Potatoes. Give you the second guess. Bread. I'm gonna give you that one. Uh, flour is one, oh, okay. and sugar is the other. Oh. So things made of flour, white flour, and white sugar. Maybe I didn't understand the question. Should I ask it again? <laughs> yes. A 1948 newspaper article. <laughs> The other two. two-pointer was better. Okay, because you got it. Yeah. I understand. That was a much better question because I, I got the question right. Boy, I hear that a lot. Yeah. I really <laughs> liked that question I because like, I knew it. But those questions that you asked that I didn't know the answers to, not so good. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. 
Okay, your last question. Give it. On King of the Hill, what musician is the spokesperson for the big box store Megalomart? Mm. So now you're asking me a question about a show I rarely watched. Oh, you so need to watch let's it. see. Texas, Megalomart, King of the Hill, musician, spokesperson. Mm, I'm going to say Willie Nelson. No, but he is on the show. Yeah, I could kind of see a cartoon version of Willie Nelson hanging out there. No, actually, it is Chuck Mangione. Oh, wow. <laughs> he is on the show. Feels so good. Wow. It feels so good. Yeah, that's the song you have to play. Though. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I can only think of maybe a couple other Chuck Mangione songs, but that's the one everybody knows. How many did you get right? You got one, two, you got four points. Good job. How many did I get right? You only got two. Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough round for me. But I liked it. I liked it. You liked it even mm-hmm. though you got them wrong? I don't mind getting them wrong. Because <laughs> then I learn things and I won't get it wrong again. Chuck Mangione in my brain forever. <laughs> that was the lightning round. Now it's time for game prep. This will help you hopefully get ready for your pub quizzes this week. Here we go. April 24th, 1923. Sigmund Freud publishes The Ego and the Id an influential paper in psychoanalysis outlining the concepts of id, ego, and superego. Id is the pleasure seeker. Ego, the common sense and consequences. Superego, moral justification. And a really funny uh, improv podcast. Yep. I get those those mixed up, the ego and the superego, quite a bit. I was trying to find some good examples of why... What exactly what those things are? Well, in the next section, the mm-hmm. Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, do you have some examples? Yes, I do. <laughs> we will hold off until there. <laughs> April twenty fourth, two thousand five. Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger becomes Pope Benedict the sixteenth, succeeding Pope John Paul the second. But he's only Pope for eight years, resigning in two thousand thirteen. He resigned uh, just because he was getting older and didn't want to be Pope no more. Yeah. Yeah. He just wanted to live it up in some cabin in the woods or something. Yes, exactly. That's what he's doing. Crocodile shoes. He's took off the Pope hat. He's put on one of those like ear flap hats, like hanging over the ears. He's got a like a deer stalker. Like a deer stalker, exactly. And uh, he's just uh, ice fishing. 
In his the, ice fishing vestments. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Good on you, Joseph Ratzinger. By the way, every time I see that name, I think of John Ratzenberger from Cheers. <laughs> and I think of Cliff Clavin as the Pope. April 25th, 1792. Thief Nicholas Pelletier becomes the first person to be executed by guillotine. The guillotine is used in France for executions all the way into the 1970s. That is still a fact that astounds me, that it went all the way to 1977 when they finally were like, eh, maybe chopping off the heads isn't the most... A cool breeze. A cool breeze. <laughs> On the back of the neck. That's one of my favorite descriptions. <laughs> Yeah, the guy who the guy it was named after the guy who invented it. He was against executions and death penalty in uh, in general, but he thought if it was going to happen, he wanted it to happen humanely and quickly, and so he invented the guillotine. I guess that is kind of more humane than it is. I mean, it's one chop and you're done. That sounds mm. like I was just uh, doing an infomercial for the guillotine. <laughs> one chop. <laughs> One chop and your execution and... is over. <laughs> Just chop it and forget it. <laughs> April 25th, 1940. Happy birthday, Al Pacino. Happy birthday. Uh, he won an Oscar for Scent of a Woman. And he also won a Razzie for Jack and Jill, where he did a great commercial for the uh, Al Pacino Frappuccino. It's Jack and Jill, a Adam Sandler. It is an Adam Sandler doubleheader where he plays both Jack and Jill. And oh Al Pacino God. plays Al Pacino. I would rather be executed by the guillotine <laughs> than have to watch that Watching movie. Watching Jack and Jill is outlawed in eight states as capital punishment. <laughs> April 26, 1564. Though his actual birthday is not known, happy baptism day, William Shakespeare. Happy baptism day, Willie Shakes. They know his baptism day? Yeah, they didn't keep the best of records back then, but they do know from church records when he was baptized. So they figure it was probably a couple days before that, but generally this is celebrated as his birthday. Hmm. So trivia players out there, when in doubt, William Shakespeare. I mean, if it's a play, if it's a word that was created a long time ago, if that's any part of the question, when in doubt, William Shakespeare. Do you have a favorite Shakespeare play? No. Okay. <laughs> Let's move I on. actually like things that make fun of, well, not make fun, but like, you like a Shakespeare parody? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, give me an example of a Shakespeare parody that you like. Well, like in um, the in Blackadder, oh, they yeah. do a lot of Shakespeare parodies. Yeah. And there's this newer show now called Upstart Crow that oh, I don't stars know this. David Mitchell. Oh, okay. As Shakespeare, <laughs> and it is very funny. Upstart Crow. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah. Because I like David Mitchell and I like Shakespeare stuff, so that's. It's That's good. Very funny. Nice. April 26th in general. Uh, this is Happy Hug a Friend Day. Apparently, there's two hug holidays in the U.S. There's a January one that's National Hug Day, 
But then for some reason, there's a second one. Happy hug a friend today. So on April 26th, find a friend and hug them. <laughs> Don't tell them why. Just go up and just give them a nice bear hug and then release them uh, to the wild. So April 26th, be more particular about who you hug. Yeah. The other one is just hug everyone day. Right. And also, April 26th morning is should be wear some deodorant day. <laughs> Are you a hugger? Uh, kind of. Okay. I'm not hugging you. I'm not asking you to hug me. <laughs> not until April 26th. April 27th. 1969. Happy birthday, Cory Booker. What up, CB? The first black U.S. senator from New Jersey. Yeah. And many people thinking he might be following in the Barack Obama presidential footsteps. I think I just saw a video of him and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, yeah. But 2020 can't come soon enough exactly yeah april 28th 1789 fletcher christian takes control of the hms bounty sending former captain william Bly and several crew members adrift the story of the event has been retold in several movies all called mutiny on the bounty although i think there's one that's just called the bounty um christian and the mutineers eventually go to tahiti and pick Karen island settle there and have sex with a lot of women and father a lot of children and ended up, I think, killing each other in fights and stuff. Uh, it's a weird story, but uh, it's been made into a lot of movies. I've never seen any of them. There's a Marlon Brando one. There's a Mel Gibson one. There's all sorts of stories of this mutiny. So why did they mutin? So here's what happened as far as I was reading. Uh, William Bly uh, had gone to Tahiti with this crew and they got like four or five days on the island in Tahiti and then they had to get back on the ship and they were not happy to get back on the ship because the ship was pretty much running on austerity measures at that point. Very little food, very little supplies. They were just trying to get back. And meanwhile, they were like, we were just on Tahiti with the gorgeous women and the food, and they were treating us like kings, and why do we, would we want to go back? So uh, there was lots of punishments going on, and finally Fletcher, Fletcher Christian just said, enough, we're sending you guys away, and we're going back to Tahiti where the life is good. April 28th. Happy Ed Balls Day. Happy Ed Balls Day, everybody. In 2011, while trying to search his name on Twitter, British politician Ed Balls accidentally tweeted Ed Balls, <laughs> which was then retweeted thousands of times. And apparently he has a very good sense of humor about this. Oh, uh, good. He, uh, in 2015, he printed out the first tweet and uh, signed it. And auctioned it off for charity. Oh, nice. And uh, in 2016, he took a picture of himself with a Ed Balls cake celebrating the day Ed Balls. <laughs> I'd never heard of I this. I had never heard of this either. And I saw that and I was like, well, that's perfect. I want to celebrate Ed Balls Day now forever and ever. Um, I wish I would have said that to Ed when I saw him. Happy Ed Balls Day. Well, next week. <laughs> next week. Wish him a happy Ed Balls Day. <laughs> He'll think that's something different. <laughs> yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. This is what happens, of course, when uh, 
people who don't know how to use uh, internet apps and phone apps use internet apps or phone apps. They accidentally tweet out their name several times. Um, you don't use Twitter, do you? I have one. I kind of used it and then I don't really anymore. <laughs> I was going to link you on something on Twitter and then I realized they don't know your Twitter handle. My Twitter handle is at Shookababy. Shookababy? Shook. Shookababy. Because my last name is right, Shook. Right, right. S-H-O-O-K-A-B-A-B-Y, all one word? Yeah. I'm going to friend you up on Twitter. <laughs> Shookababy. <laughs> I'm going to start putting you on there for uh, when I do uh, tweets out for Blue Grouse and for Fitzgerald's. Okay. So you might start getting some some uh, some love on there on Twitter. All right. Uh, finally, April 29th, 1968, the hippie musical Hair opens on Broadway, introducing the songs Aquarius, Let the Sunshine In, and Good Morning Starshine. Have you ever seen the musical Hair? No, but no. I've heard a lot about it. Yeah. I thought Let the Sunshine was like the second part of the song Aquarius. Well, the big hit for a band called The Fifth Dimension back in, uh, I think it was 1969, was Aquarius, the beginning of Aquarius, and then they reprised at the very end the last part of it, which is the, the song was originally called The Flesh Failures. Aquarius is the first song in the musical. Uh, Let the Sunshine In or The Flesh Failures is the last song in the musical. Uh, the flesh failures. I don't know. That is terrible it and weird. The, it was the 60s. Come on. Terrible and weird. They were failing fleshes. <laughs> um, I remember at school and college, it was they did this musical, and it was a big deal because there is a section right before intermission where people are supposed to be getting naked mm-hmm. on stage. And the director apparently said it was optional to uh, to get naked. Got to see a lot of classmates uh, uh, in their uh, natural habitat. <laughs> Very interesting. I would not have done that. Even at that point when I was in fairly good shape, I would have not done that. Yeah. No. The whole nudity thing in general is kind of weird. It's like... It's, I don't know. I think it's weird that that's just naturally how your body is. Right. But if somebody sees that, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. But it's weird because it's just, it's just a body. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's a weird thing to think about as, as far as like rules of society goes. Well, you know, when, when hair opened up in on Broadway, there were protests. And then when it started touring around the country, there were protests. And then when it went internationally, there were more protests, except in Paris, where everybody had been nude <laughs> on stage for a very long time. And everybody was like, I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. So yeah, they're getting naked. Yeah, this is what people do on stage. This is how this, is how this works. They protested just because they get naked. Well, not just for the nudity, but also for some what they felt were anti-American things uh, because it was a very anti-Vietnam War. It was very anti-government. The nudity was just kind of the easiest in for shock value. Mm -hmm. So they could say, they're getting naked on stage. It's pornography. 
I don't know how to describe it, <laughs> but I but know, I know I when I see, see it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Jesse Helms? I think so. He, I think he saw a lot of pornography, <laughs> and he knew it. And he knew it. <laughs> and of course, I think most people know the song Aquarius now from the end of the Forty-Year-Old Virgin. Mm. Yeah, I was in a bar once where a guy was trying to say the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Mm-hmm. And he said, dawning of the age of asparagus. <laughs> and I said, well, that is the next Weird Al hit. <laughs> if Weird Al had started recording in 1969, you would have been like, I got it. Age of asparagus. <laughs> when your pee smells a little weird. <laughs> I can't think of anything else because I'm not as good as Weird <laughs> Think about it for a while. Next week, come all right. Back next week, I'll come back song. with the full, full, full version. Yeah. That was. It's time for Tips and Tricks. Sing that theme. Tips and Tricks. It's time for Tips and Tricks. Tips and Tricks. It's time for Tips and Tricks. Oh, that haunting Tips and Tricks theme means it's time (laughs) to go take a deep dive into a subject. And this week, we're taking a deep dive into... Star Trek. Oh, Finally. Where do you want to start? I'm going to start by saying that Star Trek was created by Gene Roddenberry. There are five TV series plus the animated series, which is not counted as canon. Oh, wow. That's not counted as canon? Mm-mm. I remember that series. That was a that was a big Saturday morning staple. All right. Help out. <clears throat> All right. Mm-hmm. We will start... Yes. With the original series. Original flavor. The show that started it all. Star Trek TOS. The original series. 1966 to 1969. Three seasons. This is the one where the captain is James T. Kirk. Played by William Shatner. Then you got the first officer, Spock. Who's Leonard Nimoy. Then the chief medical officer is Leonard McCoy. They call him Bones, and that's played by DeForest Kelly. So that's like this kind of the id, ego, and super ego. Oh, we're bringing it back. All right. <laughs> so let me let me let me see if I can guess this now. Kirk would be the id. Nope. Oh, <laughs> is Bones the id? Yeah. Then Kirk would be the. Oh no, I'm going to get this wrong. Is he the ego? Nope. He's the super ego. <laughs> yeah. So basically. Bones being the id is all about emotion. Right. And he's like human and emotion. And he's constantly telling Spock about that. Mm -hmm. Because Spock being the ego has no emotion. He's all logical. Okay. And then Kirk is the one 
that kind of joins them together and takes the best parts of both and figures out the best thing to do. I got it. He balances the emotion and the logic. Gotcha. The ship on the show is the USS Enterprise NCC-1701. Oh, that's a good trivia question. So, some notable episodes. City on the Edge of Forever is often rated the number one episode. It won a Hugo Award. It's set in 1930s Earth. Oh, yeah. There's a tragic ending. And it's one of the first instances of the word hell used as profanity on television. Oh, okay. When Kirk says, let's get the hell out of here. (laughs) It's one of my favorite ones in the original. That's where you get to see Spock dressed up like he's a 1930s uh, person. Yeah. The the thing about whenever they go to like a planet where they don't know about aliens, Spock wears a little cap. Sure. <laughs> to hide his ears. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Another episode to remember is Mirror, Mirror, because that introduces the Mirror Universe, which is also used in two other Star Trek series, DS9 and Enterprise. Mm, okay. So that's the one where they pass into this other universe, and it's kind of like their characters but they're kind of more evil. Okay. Like Spock has a little goatee beard. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what all you needed to say for me. Goatee <laughs> Spock. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. I think that started the trope of, hey, if it's if it's an evil character, it has facial hair. Yeah. Yeah. And one other episode is Plato's Stepchildren. That's the one with what some people consider the first interracial kiss on TV. Right. But apparently that is disputed that it wasn't the first. And some people say they didn't even kiss because they turned their head, I guess. Oh, well, it's implied that they're kissing. Yeah. So I think it counts. That's the original. That's how Star Trek started. It's kind of silly. There's like 79 episodes and like 30 of them are good. All All right. And here is the theme song. The next show is The Next Generation, Star Trek TNG. And I will say right now, this is the one that I know the most of. Okay. So this is 1987 to 1994, seven seasons. The captain, Jean-Luc Picard. Amazing. Patrick Stewart. First officer, William Riker, played by Jonathan Frakes. Chief engineer... Jordy LaForge. Right. Played by LeVar Burton. Named after a fan. Oh, I didn't know that. There was a disabled fan who had written to Gene Rodberry, said for the next Star Trek, would you put somebody with a disability? And so he gave uh, the LeVar Burton the blind role and named him Jordy LaForge. He's blind and he wears the visor mm-hmm. so he can see. And it looks like a headband. Yeah. Which, when you're a kid, you take your headband and you put it over your eyes and yes, you pretend. You <laughs> or yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Chief Medical Officer 
Beverly Crusher, Crusher. played by Gates McFadden. Mm-hmm. She has a son, Wesley Crusher, played by Will Wheaton. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a snap judgment on Will Wheaton right now? I like Will Wheaton. Yeah, so do I. I do. He's like a nerd spokesperson. Yeah. Yeah, he's embraced the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other notable characters, Worf. Oh, yeah. Played by Michael Dorn. He's a Klingon. Mm-hmm. Deanna Troy, played by Marina Sirtis. She's half Betazoid. And her mother, Loxana Troy, is played by Majel Barrett, who was married to Gene Roddenberry. Oh. And she is also the voice for the computer on every series except Enterprise. Oh, that's interesting. And then, of course, there's Data, mm-hmm. who is Brent Spiner, who is an android, and he's probably my favorite Star Trek character. Of all of them, he's your favorite. I think so, yeah. That's interesting. He kind of brought the Spock character for Next Generation. He was kind of that character. Yeah, he was different, though. Spock? Spock was half Vulcan, and he wanted to shed his human emotions. Right. Data was an android who could not have emotions and wanted them. Right. So there's an episode where he has a girlfriend, and I don't even know why she wanted to date him, because she obviously did not understand him at all. (laughs) (laughs) Data, nobody knows you like I know you. Drop that zero and get with a hero. (laughs) We're getting into a part of Star Trek that I probably shouldn't talk about in public. Uh, I think you probably should just (laughs) talk about nothing else but your crush on Data. Also, um, Whoopi Goldberg was in the show starting in season two as the bartender Guinan. Oh, right. Um, This series... Introduced the hollow deck. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a virtual reality thing. It also introduced the Borg. Right. Which is an assimilated alien society. They're the ones that say resistance is futile. Mm-hmm. And in the cliffhanger last episode of season three, that's the one where... Picard is assimilated by the Borg. Also, uh, my favorite character from that. uh, Is it Q? It is Q. John Delancey. (laughs) Yeah. Kicking ass all over the place. So he is in uh, multiple series. The character Q. As he should be. I like how he called Picard Mon Capitan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you really want to get into my favorite character from that show, it has to be Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. It's just Patrick, but Jean-Luc Picard was just a boss. He's probably my favorite captain. I don't think you can have another favorite captain. I mean, the captains, there's been some good ones, and we'll get to some more here in a second, but Picard, Picard ruled. And here is the Next Generation's theme song. Next series is Deep Space 
Nine. Which is your overall favorite. That's my favorite one. Okay. DS9 started 1993 to 1999, also seven seasons. It started while Next Generation was still on. Oh, that is not. So there was some crossover things. There's like one or two episodes of Next Generation where they have Deep Space Nine people on. And then there's also two characters that are on Deep Space Nine. That's Worf. He comes in like season four, I think. And um, Miles O'Brien, who was played by Colm Meany. Oh, he was the engineer. Yeah, on Next Generation, he was like the transporter mm-hmm. officer. Oh, right. And in DS9, he's the chief engineer. Gotcha. Uh, the captain, who actually isn't the captain until season three, he's a commander. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Sisko, played by Avery Brooks. Uh, he has a son, Jake Sisko. They're both on the space station. His wife was killed in the Borg attack that was led by the Borg, Picard. So um, he has a thing against Picard because every time he sees him, he thinks about him killing his wife or something. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. There's two alien races that are important in this show. The Bajorans and the Kardashians. Not Kim. Is that where they got their name? Probably. Probably. <laughs> well, they look like weird alien bug lizard things. Well, and also most of them are kind of dicks. Well, considering that Robert Kardashian at that point was a celebrity lawyer, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that they named those characters after him. So the Kardashians occupy Bajor for 50 years. Now, 50 years later, the occupation is over. The Federation comes in, takes over the space station, and renames it Deep Space Nine. Mm -hmm. And they're basically trying to help the Bajorans rebuild their society and keep peace between them and the Kardashians. Okay. So this is where the show starts, where Benjamin Sisko comes in. He's a little damaged from his wife dying. And he gets set up in this, like, space station kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And it's sort of like, here's something easy. We're just going to put you out of the way. Right. But then he discovers a wormhole right near there. So the space station becomes this huge big deal because this wormhole goes from the Alpha Quadrant, which is where Earth is, to the Gamma Quadrant, which is like all the way on the other side of the galaxy. That takes like 70 years to get over there. Mm-hmm. But now there's a stable wormhole, just like the first stable wormhole. And then the space station becomes this huge, big deal. Right. So that wasn't nerdy at all. <laughs> <laughs> so the wormhole becomes a positive thing as people can get from uh, the Alpha right. to the Gamma quadrants. And it quickly. also becomes like who controls the space station, controls the wormhole. So the Kardashians are like pissed about it. They mm. want to get in there and try to take control. Sure. Some notable characters. Uh, Jadzia Dax is a joined trill. Which is basically this alien race that has like a symbioid 
thing. Okay. So it's like another creature. And you get chosen to be joined to the symbiote like the, through this huge process. So not all trail become joined. And basically, Jadzia Dax, her symbiote is named Dax, and it has seven prior lives. The most previous one was Curzon Dax, who was Cisco's mentor. Mm. So he calls Jadzia old man. There's Quark, who's played by Armin Shimmerman, who is a Ferengi. Remember that character. And he's the bar owner. And he's like this greedy little Ferengi. And he's also one of my favorite characters. Yeah. And the theme song is really long and boring. Mm -hmm. So let's hear that. Next show, Voyager. This is 95 to 2001, also seven seasons. It started, nine was still on. Lots of overlaps in yeah. this in this later uh, 90s, uh, re, not reboots, but the, uh, the reemergence of Star Trek as a thing. Yeah, basically the mid-90s was the time yeah. for Star Trek. So this is the ship, the USS Voyager. It gets stranded in the Delta Quadrant, 70,000 light years from Earth. Captain Catherine Janeway, played by Kate Mulgrew. Mrs. Columbo. <laughs> Seriously. I know. Just love that. She's, um, she's close runner-up to my favorite captain. She's pretty great. I have seen a few episodes of the show, and uh, she is pretty great. The security slash tactical officer is Tuvok, played by Tim Ross. He's a Vulcan. He's pretty good. And he also is in several other Star Trek things, like a movie. I think he's in Next Generation and Space Nine, too. Okay. As like a one-off character. The chief medical officer is just called The Doctor. Oh, right. He's played by Robert Picardo, and he's a computer program called the EMH Mark I, Emergency Medical Hologram. So basically, because of this thing that happens that strands them, a lot of the crew actually dies, mm -hmm. including all of the medical staff. So all they have left is this hologram. Is he like Rimmer? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> he kind of is, but yeah. he wasn't human before. Okay. Uh, some notable characters, of course, Seven of Nine. Right. Lots of people know about Seven of Nine. My old acting class uh, uh, classmate. Yeah, you went to school with her. Mm -hmm. So this character uh, was came out of the show in season four, and she's a former Borg. And her human name was Annika Hansen. So basically she becomes unassimilated from the collective. And they take her on the ship for some reason. <laughs> like she's she's an important character, but some of the things about her bother me. Like one, she's not 
very Borg-like. She's more just like anal. Right. And I don't think a Borg would wear a super tight cap suit with connected high-heeled boots. Like I don't think the Borg would be into that. Well, maybe not the Borg you know. <laughs> the show also has my least favorite character, which is Neelix. <laughs> I'm not familiar with this character at all. So Neelix is played by Ethan Phillips. And he is this alien called a Talaxian. I really like that actor, but the character is really annoying. He's one of those like super happy people and he's named the morale officer and he's the cook. Now, do other people on the ship hate him too? (laughs) So the Vulcan Tuvok. Which, of course, he's oppressing all of his emotions. But you can tell that Neelix annoys the shit out of him. (laughs) And there's this one episode where Tuvok uh, starts feeling all these dark emotions for some reason. And Tuvok grabs him and chokes him to death. And then you realize that he's in the hologram, the holotech doing this for fun oh wow (laughs) and i was like yeah Yeah. i feel you tuvok feel you (laughs) so this show has my favorite of all the theme songs and we're listening to it right now Last one, Enterprise. 2001-2005, four seasons. This is my least favorite series. Yeah. It's set 100 years before the original series. Oh, wow. And it's still considered canon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Although for some reason they never you talked prob- about this. You probably heard her say that through <laughs> clenched teeth. But I just want to uh, to verify those were clenched teeth there. So the ship is also called Enterprise. Mm-hmm. For some reason they never talked about the original Enterprise ship and the other shows. I don't know why. That is interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, like, not a good idea. It's, like, rewriting history kind of thing. Right. So, the captain is Jonathan Archer, Scott Bakula. hmm And there's a Vulcan science officer named T'Pol, who's played by Jolene Blaylock. So, basically, this is the first Warp 5 ship. This is the first, like, long-term exploration space mission. Mm-hmm. And the Vulcans are kind of like overseeing everything. They're like this overprotective older brother type of thing. And they're kind of all a-holes. So T'Pol is the Vulcan uh, science officer. And she's kind of put there by the Vulcans to keep an eye on the humans and their first space exploration thing. Gotcha. But then later she becomes more loyal to Captain Archer. There is limited technology. They do not have a tractor beam. 
no photon torpedoes. They have they do not have universal translators, so they have like a language expert. And they do have the transporters, but they don't really use them for biological. So they don't transport themselves, they just do it for their equipment cuz it's still considered kind of dangerous and not totally safe to transport people so they're pretty confined to the ship on mm-hmm. this show yeah that's going to limit your story possibilities mm-hmm. the biggest reason i didn't like this show is because we went from voyager the one with the women right to enterprise the one without women it's basically the there's three main white guy characters yeah it's like going back to the original series yeah it's like all this progress we made gone right and to paul which i actually call vulcan of nine (laughs) also wearing a super super tight cat suit sure for no reason sure and like the first or second episode her and one of the white guys are like go into some mission and when they come back it's like they have to uh they have to like rub each other down with something and it's like what Mm. is happening (laughs) this is not about space exploration this is not my star trek (laughs) it's exploration it's just not space certain kind of exploration hello and the worst theme song not just of Star Trek, but ever of any show really? ever. It is terrible. Worse than the Firefly theme song? Yeah, I liked the Firefly oh, theme song. never mind. Well, when you hear this song, you will know why it's the worst one. Thank you for taking us through this. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. there's, there's lots of things to glean from this. So when you get that Star Trek round, you can have a little extra oomph to your knowledge. So let's go out on that terrible theme song <laughs> from Star Trek Enterprise. For the audio round today, in keeping with a little Star Trek theme, I'm going to play you seven clips of seven songs that have been recorded by William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. Have you oh ever listened gosh. to the music of Nimoy and or Shatner? I have of Shatner. Nimoy's is even better. I cannot wait for you to hear this out here around. Wow. So I want you to name the original artist and the title of the song. One point for each one of those. So you have until Sunday to get your answers in. So send them to quizfix at gmail.com. Or put them on our contact page on our website, quizfix.net slash contact. Here we go with the audio round. Your audio round starts meow. One. It's poetry in motion. She turned her tender eyes to me as deep as any ocean. Yeah, baby. Two. One minute of sleeping, worrying about the way things might have been. Big wheel, keep on turning. Three. Can't keep my eyes from the circling skies. 
tongue-tied and twisted, just an earthbound misfit eye. I keep a close watch on this heart of mine I keep my eyes wide open all the time I keep the ends out for the tie that binds Five This is Major Tom for Ground Control I'm stepping through the door and I'm floating in a most peculiar way. Six. Well, if I had a bell, I'd ring it in the morning. I'd ring it in the evening. All over this line. Seven. Tangerine trees and marmalade skies. Somebody calls you. Answer quite slowly. A girl with kaleidoscope eyes. All right, that's it for the audio round. Send those answers into quizfix at gmail.com or on our contact page, quizfix.net slash contact. Remind the nice people where you host. Tuesdays, Fitzgerald's in Ballard. Wednesdays, the Bluegrass in Georgetown. I'm Mondays at the Skylark in West Seattle, Tuesdays at the Crown Bar in Tacoma, and Thursdays at the local 907 in Renton. And you can also play the quiz on Thursdays at Murphy's in Wallingford. All of those start at 7.30. All of them are free. And the Skylark Show and the Murphy Show are all ages. So if you have younger folks that want to play some trivia, get out to those locations as well. Also, the last thing we'll say before we go, it is official. We are going to be doing a live podcast recording. This will be May 22nd, Monday, May 22nd at the Skylark at 730. So put that in your calendar as a thing to do. We're going to have lots of fun, some extra goodies uh, happening. Monica and I are going to do that quiz together, and it's going to be a lot of fun. All the prizes I think that's it. Can they bring dogs in there? That's not a dog place. Aww. Oh, yeah. The Blue Grouse is a dog place. If you have dogs and you yeah. like to play trivia, and the weather is starting to turn in Seattle now, so Blue Grouse is going to be moving outside fairly soon. Oh, I'm so excited about that. If you have not had a place to play trivia outside, the Blue Grouse in Georgetown on Wednesdays is a great place to do that when the weather is permitting. So um, that's usually when the Blue Grouse is at its most fun. It's peak. All right, everybody. <laughs> I'll wait for you a second. I'm done. Are you done? Mm. Are we done? Yeah. We're done. All right. That's it for the podcast. We will see you all next week. Bye. Let's get trivial, trivial. I want to get trivial.